was not funny. What? Doom bit. Doom doom bit. Doom bit. Doom doom bit. Doom bit. Doom doom bit. This is the half cast. Hello and welcome to in. Another episode of the Hoffcast. It uh, has been maybe the longest it's ever been uh, in between episodes, but we are back. Um, it's August twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Summer is now a memory. Are we okay with that? Are we okay for fall? I don't know if I am. Summer went fast, man. Summer went fast. Uh, had a summer tour which i was excited about went two months on the road with the wife and kids we packed them up and said all right kiss the place goodbye for two months take everything you need which by the way that's a fun exercise to do to to like figure out what in your house you actually require to survive like and you're surprised always by how little it is um you know and people People go on vacation, but, you know, they're gone for a week. They're like, I, I'm fine for a week. But when you're gone for two months, it's like, do I really need all of that crap that is sitting there in my place? Like, you were just gone for eight straight weeks, and and never once did you ever miss something. You know, you're like, oh, I wish I had that toy, or I wish I had that thing. Uh you know, and so you you get back to it, and you're kind of like, oh, there there's all this stuff. But you you look at it and you go, man, this is just stuff. This is just stuff that I didn't need to buy, that I don't require to live. It's it's weird. Like, yeah, some of it makes you a little more comfortable. Some of it's kind of fun sometimes. But you're like, do I really need any of this? And that's that's when I think about becoming a minimalist. When I think about like, uh, you know, that's sort of the uh, not the dream, but that is a fantasy to just like sell our place and buy a tour bus and just homeschool the kids and just be vagabonds out on the road and just see, you know, how far you can go. How many miles can you put on the old family before people start to melt down? And quite frankly, it's getting easier and easier. You know, the kids are getting a little older. They're figuring things out, how to occupy themselves in the car, how to not scream because they have to go to the bathroom. You know, we've gotten to the point where we, we've got a number system for the kids on how desperately they need to go to the bathroom when we're driving down the road. Because, uh, you know, for years past, and even at the beginning of this road trip, it's it's not, hey, dad, just heads up. In like 20 minutes, you know, if you could stop because I'm starting to feel like maybe I have to go pee. It's always, I gotta go pee now. Okay, well, there's no exit. I have to go pee. There is no exit. I'm peeing. (laughs) So there's like no in between. It's just like, if you don't get over in 30 seconds, I am going to pee the car. (laughs) And now we're at a point where it's like, you know, I have to go pee. Okay, what? Give me a give me a number. Uh, it's like an eight. Okay, it's an eight. Which, which an eight to a child is like you got five minutes. Okay, you know, an eight to an adult is like sometime in the next half hour would be pleasant if I could unload. But an eight to a kid is like I've given you plenty of warning. You got five minutes. A nine is three minutes, 
and a 10 is just pull over now or we've got a mess to clean up. Uh, but we, we're working on the number system, and, and they're getting better at that and not just going instantly to 10. Uh, but, you know, the kids are getting better. And they're rolling down the road. But the other problem with that is the kids are also getting older. There were a couple times when they missed their friends out in Los Angeles. They said, oh, I wish we were back in Los Angeles. I'd like to play with my buddies. And you kind of go, ah, oh, that sucks. You know, because I knew a kid. I knew a kid growing up that would, uh, you know, he lived one place. You know, his parents got divorced and he would live one place during the winter, go to school. And then he would always come back to Nebraska for the summer and it was cool to see him during the summer uh but you know and I always thought that was cool oh he's got two sets of friends that's awesome like he's got his Nebraska friends and he's got his I forget where the other place was he's lived in Arizona or Vegas or something someplace warm and uh and I was like and he's got those friends uh but now looking at it you know certainly he missed you know opportunities to hang out during the summer with his with his school buddies and then you know in the winter with his summer buddies so you always kind of torn between two places which is the life i live you know working weekends i i often don't get to hang out with my buddies out here in los angeles because you know they work during the week and then on the weekends they they want to do something and i'm gone uh, you know, I've got my comedy buddies, but we only cross paths when we're doing shows together because everybody works at night. Um, so, but I've I've chosen that life for myself. You know, my kids didn't get to choose that life, so they're a little torn there. But when they're young, you're like, what? Do you, it doesn't matter. You don't have any friends anyway. Like the only friends you have are the friends we told you to have, and we got you together for like play dates. Like these are. These are forced friendships that we don't need to <laughs> make sure we foster. But now, you know, he's going to school. He's he's made some buddies, and you're like, okay, we gotta gotta get back out there. But but anyway, L.A. is a transient city. It, uh, they had a play pod during the whole pandemic, and there were four families that would get together on these play pods. And they would go, and you know, you'd be especially safe outside, and then you'd get together with these these little play groups, and uh, and now two of the four families have moved out of town in, in the last year, um, and then one of them switched schools. You're like, well, what the hell's going on here? So you know, Los Angeles is kind of like a revolving door of people that come in, you know, do it for a little bit and then they're like you know what if i don't have to be here i don't i don't want to be um and los angeles is great for many reasons but it's like at a certain point you go yeah 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 the 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 race seems like i i I don't need to run it anymore the race is a young man's game and you don't need to run it anymore luckily i don't feel that much like it's a race anymore you know established a career in comedy so you feel like i'm not running like I used to. I um but yeah, there are things about other places to live that are appealing and you don't blame anybody for doing that, but you're like, come on, man, we're we became friends and now you you take it off. Um anyway, so yeah, we did the summer tour. Uh thanks to everybody that came out to shows. And thank you to everyone who came out uh for the taping of my special. I did that. Uh that's been man, that's been three weeks now since I shot that special. And and I'm so happy to be on the other side of that. I am so happy that that's behind me. And don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. But it was a ton of stress. 
leading up to it because you know you're working on all these jokes and then you you set a date you're like okay on this date I'm going to record I'm going to you know put this uh grouping of jokes into you know the the hopper what what am I trying to say you you like you not immortalize it cuz that sounds a little grandiose uh it's not immortalizing it but it's kind of like cataloging it's like I'm going to take these and I'm going to put them in stone I'm going to etch them in stone where they will live uh, for the rest of their days, and uh, and people can watch it on this special and on this album, but uh, but I'm not going to do those jokes many more times, and that's the that's the point of it, right? Is is you like you know you can kind of dust your hands and be like those jokes are now done, there they are, they live in this space, and I can move on and do new jokes, and so you 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 pick a date, and and that automatically puts importance on that date because you're like okay. The jokes have to go well on that date. And yeah, you got two shows. So I did two shows. Um, we record them both. And then you kind of do a best of those two shows. you know. And that's how they do all specials. It's a minimum of two shows. Nobody does it in one shot. Um, you know, Some people even take four or five stabs at it and, and do a best of those. But you got two shows just in case something goes wrong. For whatever reason, you stumble over a joke or the camera, you know, gets bumped or, you know, somebody has a heart attack in the crowd, which has happened. I've been at shows where people have medical emergencies and the show comes to a grinding halt. And so you don't want, you know, something that important. You, you say, OK, I got a minimum two chances. So you feel OK about that. But now you got to you got to promote the show. You got to get people there. And that was done. Boom. Felt felt good about everybody that came out. That was amazing. The city of Hastings, which is my hometown, that's where I filmed it. They really came out. You know, they've always been supportive of my career, and and they came out, and it was a really really fun night. Um, you know, it, except with the exception of one jackwad that was in the front row, and he he was just having too much fun. That was that was the problem. Is he he had a little bit to drink, and he got a little vocal, and I should have had somebody in the you know on staff that was just that could go up to somebody like that and be like hey man glad you're having fun but you gotta you gotta shut it a little bit because he was just a little too vocal and at times it was fun to banter with him but at other times you're like man you're in the way and uh so i should have had somebody you know live and learn right i should have had somebody that would not necessarily be a bouncer and kick somebody out although that could have happened too but it didn't uh but somebody like that they just don't realize that they just need to just dial it back a, a shade or two but whatever that was that was second show first show happened and we like you know i felt really good about the first show the first show happened i did almost all my jokes i, I skipped i skipped one and i was like oh damn it uh but for you know 99 percent of what i wanted to do was done on the first show i was like okay we got we got the special if they, if everything else falls you know if if uh if we lose power in this place and can't do a second show we've got we've got you know 99 percent of it i feel good about so that was a huge relief and so then on show two you know i was more relaxed i could go out there and have a little more fun and, and, and play with some things do some jokes that i hadn't planned on doing but like you know still uh wanted them in the special but you know there's no room for them if if i if i just have to nail the jokes that I I planned, so I was able to do that and have some fun, and and we filmed it, and and big shout out to the crew that came out. 
you know, some guys came out from Omaha and Lincoln and and California, and, and we got this thing. And I've already seen, I've already seen a rough cut of it, and it looks amazing. So I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped for you guys to see it. Um, I, I think it probably won't come out until probably early winter at this point because even even when it's finished it still takes 90 days to release something i don't know what has to happen in those 90 days but there's some kind of red tape and whatnot that has to be figured out so uh hopefully hopefully early winter definitely before christmas is my goal uh to get it out there so you guys can all see it and enjoy it really excited about that um you know and and leading up to it i think maybe the most stressful thing this is so stupid but I think the most stressful thing about the whole thing was uh, my shirt. And this is like something that I put almost zero effort into uh, most most shows. Like most shows, I really don't care. I got like the same five shirts that I wear and I don't really care which one I wear. It's just like just put on, you know, I'm going to wear my dark pants and like a T-shirt. And I really don't care for the most part other than that. Uh, but this... I don't know, somebody mentioned my wardrobe to me, and then all of a sudden it was like this point of contention where like, well, what what do I wear for this special? What what should, you know, people are going to watch it, and a lot of people are going to see this for the first time. It's for the first time seeing me. What sh- What's a first impression? So normally I just like, I just don't want to stand out, you know? That's that's normally what I think about with, with wardrobe. I'm like, just don't make me look like a jackass, and I'll go up there, and people will hopefully enjoy the jokes. Like, let me go out there at a neutral starting point, and then and then let the jokes be what uh, is remembered. Like, I don't need to wear some fancy. I don't need to be Eddie Murphy wearing some fancy, you know, leather skin tight outfit. Let me go out there, and that you know, that's not my personality anyway. Let me go out there and just uh, tell some jokes and have fun with people. But somebody said it to me, you know, what are you going to wear? And and then all of a sudden, uh, I, that was in my head. And I was going to wear some, like, hometown gear. I was like, oh, it might be cool if uh, my, my opener, Mal Hall, very funny comic, uh, find him online, super funny, came in and opened all my Nebraska shows. And he was a great resource to have there with me because, you, know, you know, we could just bounce ideas back and forth about the special and about what we're doing. So I, I loved having Mal there. And he's got... The dude is super funny, and he's got um, he's got this whole side thing that where he makes pizzas for people. He's like a pizza expert, and he makes them. He down in San Diego. If you're down in that area, you know, check him out. He does these pop up pizza parties where he makes you know pizzas for people. It's really cool. Um, but uh, he was kind of trying to help me find the right shirt that said Hastings Tigers. You know, we kind of had this whole idea it'd be cool to like you know wear a high school T shirt, but. You know that school wasn't in session, so a lot of places didn't have them. And you like you're walking into the you know Hastings section of the Walmart and the sporting goods stores and the local T-shirt manufacturing places, and you're like, you know, it's not a big town. Uh, and there were a few options, but none of them really fit well. And I'm like stressing about. It. I probably spent, I probably spent three hours that week trying to find the right shirt. And in the end, I just ended up wearing my own shirt that I had been wearing all summer on the tour. It's just, you know, it's just a plain black shirt, and it's got this, like, retro, cool, like, sunset, you know, coloring to it. And it just has the state of Nebraska. And I was like, you know what? That's it, – it's home state. It's not hometown, but it's home state. You know, I like the shirt. It fits me well. 
and I'm and I'm comfortable in it. So after like three hours of like going back and forth and going to all these stores and looking for one and and my mom's making calls. She's like, who has a Hastings shirt? I went to a couple people's houses. They're like, you wear any of these shirts that are mine? It's like, good God. And and I love that, uh, you know, people in the town in Hastings where they were trying to help me with it. But in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear my own thing. And <laughs> so it, that was maybe the most stressful part about the whole thing, which is so stupid because I never stress out about clothes. You know, I... I I would say that I am uh, particular about what I buy because I don't want to look like a douchebag, but I'm kind of like, you know what? In the end, just wear what's comfortable. And that's what <laughs> I don't understand anything else. It, there was a second where I was almost going to be flamboyant and just like go off the rails and, and, you know, wear like some Eddie Murphy crazy thing. Even at one point, somebody's like, maybe you should just wear like a bathrobe and pretend like you just got up. I'm like, well, I don't wear, I don't wear a robe ever in my day-to-day life like so now I'm uncomfortable just in a day-to-day life now I'm on stage telling jokes trying to capture them. now I was like no that can't happen uh but now that it's done and it's in the can I feel great and I stopped shaving as soon as it was done as soon as we shot the special I stopped shaving and I'm just growing out a beard and that's just kind of a way to remind myself like hey now we got to create the next hour we gotta we gotta be writing jokes every day and like get the new stuff ready so that when you're headlining spots and you're doing shows you know you're not rehashing these jokes that are you know now on a special like the idea is to get rid of those jokes and move forward and and grow as a comic so my hope is to not shave at all until i got like 20 minutes which by the way takes about a year so my goal is to not shave for a year, and I know that's not going to work because eventually you go out on an audition where they're like, "You got to shave. You can't be can't be Grizzly Adams up there." Or, or you know, Sarah will eventually say, "Hey, I'm not uh, I'm not kissing you <laughs> in this state." And eventually, I get to a point. I think the longest I ever went was like two months without shaving, but it's been three weeks, and we're still going strong. So my goal is to get to a year, and hopefully that will develop 20 minutes of material because that may not sound like a lot. Uh, you know, 20 minutes in one year, that's all you could get. Of a material, I'm talking. Like, you're going to develop a couple hours worth of stand-up in that year, but not, not all that stand-up's going to make it. I tell jokes, you know, every single night on stage that will only be told four or five times. Even if they work moderately, you're like, well, that's not... It can't stick around. Like, that's... It has to be great, uh, you know, to like live in the act and be worth filming. So, so if I can get twenty minutes after a year, my goal, my goal that I wrote down was to try and get an hour's worth of great material. And now three weeks in, I'm realizing that's a fool's errand. Uh, I still, I'm still going to try it. I'm still going to go for it. I'm a firm believer it takes three years. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm a firm believer that it takes three years to develop a solid hour. Uh, people still churn out specials year after year, but I kind of feel like that's too fast. So we're back in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm not shaving, and the whole family's here. The kids are starting school. And, of course, right as soon as the school year starts, everybody gets sick. Everybody in my family came down with uh, croup. The kids got croup. Not not the dreaded 19, uh, but... But they got the croup, which is like this kitty cough 
that uh, you know sounds like a barking seal. Uh, that's how you can tell. But they all three got it, and uh, you can't send them to school with a cough. Like maybe maybe a few years ago you could. You'd be like, you're not contagious. Go. Although croup is contagious. I guess, you know, obviously they all three got it. But at a certain point, you could be like, okay, now you're not contagious anymore. You can go back to school. But they were coughing all last week. And you're like, well, you can't you can't cough in public anymore, okay? There was a time. There was a time in this country's history where you were allowed to cough and sneeze out amongst other individuals. But that time has come and gone. Now you are persona non grata, if that's the word I'm looking for. You are not allowed to be out coughing and hacking in the manner that they were. So we like just hid them like a like an ashamed love child in the in the side room of our place. You stay in there. You are not to be seen by the public. You cannot go outside. And we were ashamed. We were ashamed to have the three children. They would hack and wheeze out there. Um, we did take, I had to go grocery shopping, and I took one of the kids out. And he's just, as soon as he walked in the door, he, he's got his mask on because you got to be masked here. Uh, but he's got his mask on. But instantly he like has this horrific sounding cough and is like somebody stopped a record as somebody walked into a bar like everybody just looked at us was like, hey, man, got to get that under control, son. I'm not going to be walking around here with you like if you do that again, just pretend like you don't know me and you're lost. Okay, just walk away. Go to the other side of the bananas. I'm not not being stand next to you like that. Uh, So we had to hold him out of school, had to keep him out of school and of course then sarah got sick and then i'm i'm looking at everybody going oh man my days are numbered my day you can't you can't avoid it if everybody in the house goes down with something you're gonna get it and i think it was spurred on partly by allergies here in los angeles i don't know if it's like the fires and what they're stirring up but uh we had our windows open with like fans blowing and stuff like that just so that we could keep our place cool um, and so eventually I got it like, and, and when I get it, it like just there's drainage runs down into my chest and it just like settles in my chest. So I, now I have a cough and, uh, not contagious, but you know, and everybody gets COVID tested every week. So we've been COVID tested twice and we're, we're clear there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's not been great. And now I got shows this weekend. I'm just trying to get healthy, so I wanted to get this podcast out there, though, because a lot of people were asking me where it was, and they've been missing it the last couple of months, so here, here's the podcast. I'm sorry for the delay, but going out on the road, I, I took my gear with me, and I was fully intending to keep the podcast going through the summer tour, but it just ended up being too much with the taping of the special and everything like that, so, but now we're back, we're getting back into it, and, uh, you know... Trying to figure out uh, what's what the fall is going to look like. Hopefully, COVID continues to subside. I know that we've been kind of ramping it back up here this last month, but it still feels like they kept things for the most part still open. Like they they popped on a few restrictions, you know, brought mask mandates back and stuff like that. But but hopefully, hopefully because you know they're learning how to deal with this and people are getting vaccinated. Hopefully. Hopefully we're able to move forward and it doesn't it doesn't uh turn into a giant shutdown again. Um 
So we've been uh, getting back into it. The kids went back to school today. So uh, hopefully they're, you know, they're there and and, uh, and not coughing and wheezing in everybody's face. Uh, should be, should be all good. Um, you know, I saw something stupid the other day. Saw something, somebody was talking about how you don't invest. And this is, this is a complete, we're, do, we're just taking a complete 180 here. Uh, I saw somebody post about investing and then somebody else like yelled at them for investing in cryptocurrency, which, you know, is Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that stuff. Dogecoin, which should be doggy coin. I don't know why it's not doggy coin. But they call it Dogecoin, and people are investing in those, and they're like, "Don't invest in that because it's not backed by gold." Okay, your your investments here and your your money, your cash that's backed by gold by the Federal Reserve. And I don't know if that's true. By the way, I don't know if for every dollar there's you know a shaving of gold that you can have. But listen, gold in in a time when your dollar is no longer worth anything and nobody's taking your dollar, nobody's taking your gold, okay? If they're not taking your dollar, they're not taking your gold, so there's gold is useless. The only use for a gold brick is maybe to throw it at an intruder who's coming in your house in the apocalypse. That might be the only good thing about gold. Maybe when an intruder you know, <laughs> comes barreling through your door and there are no cops because uh, the end times are nigh. You know, it's just martial law out there and somebody comes barreling through your door and you're able to take that gold brick and bludgeon them as they come in. And you better hope that they're alone because you only have the one gold brick. And it's not even really that big, right? Like a shaving of gold is is, you know, worth whatever amount of dollars. I I, I have no idea what it is. I know... I know the price of gold is high, so you gotta have a lot of money to get a brick. You know, a brick is probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, so hopefully you had enough to get a couple bricks that you could chuck at somebody coming through your door. But that's the only value in gold at the end. It's not gonna be. You're not gonna make your wife a couple of. Uh, now I'm sucking on a cough drop. I hope that's not annoying. Uh, you're not gonna make. You're not gonna fashion your wife a couple of gold earrings at the end of the world and say, "Well, this gold really came in handy." No, it doesn't matter if something's backed by gold. Gold is intrinsically worthless. It's actually not even great as a metal. It is a soft metal. You can't even build anything with it. Like that's why they make jewelry out of it. it and you hope that people enjoy the color. Really, that's the only value in it is the color, because. I, I don't understand why anybody would care if something's backed by gold. So invest in whatever the hell you want. Go go crypto. It's probably the new wave anyway. You gotta get on this stuff when it's when it's new. The the one thing I will say about cryptocurrency is it it doesn't have a company that is the driving force. So it like it's all it's all like, you know, mental state and personal sentiment. You know what? I take it back because it doesn't matter. Even if you if even if you like uh, are investing in Apple, it's all about, you know, what people perceive that company be, to be doing. And then even then, sometimes it doesn't go through that because there are market manipulators. This is a whole thing I, I did not plan on getting into. But it just, it just pissed me off that somebody's like, well, it's not backed by gold. It's like, shut up. 
shut it. Like everything, it's all play. It's all plenty. And, and eventually, you know, there's so many hacks. Eventually, we're all going to go to zero and have to figure out how to barter. And I just have to pray to God that somebody out there wants jokes. You know, somebody out there with a farm is also a fan of my comedy, and they're like, "Hey, come on in. We'll feed you, but you got to do." You gotta do twenty minutes each night at the dinner table, and you better keep it new, better keep it fresh. That beard better get super long, cause I'm sick of hearing the old jokes. But you're allowed to eat my soybeans as long as you're, as long as you're funny. You know, other men have have developed a skill set that would make them useful. You know, they can build something. They go out there. I could detassel your corn. I just do that as a kid. I go out and detassel for you <laughs> once a spring. Uh, no, no, once a summer, that's like early summer when you go out and do tassel. I could go do that, and I could probably drive a tractor. You could teach me how to do that. You got to teach me, though. I don't, I don't have any of these skills inherent. I've dedicated my entire life to making people, uh, laugh. And in the apocalypse, that might be a useless skill. We'll see. And I'm also, I, I, you know, I could hit somebody over the head with a brick of gold. <laughs> if you got a brick of gold that you're willing to give me, I'll... I'll throw it at the first guy through the door. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) backed by gold. Get the hell out of here. Um, anyway, that the, uh, I just had a three year old walk through my door and she's, she's interested in putting together a puzzle. So I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, but thanks, thanks for sticking with me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and come out and see me live. Um, you know, we're getting back out there. I'm still on tour with uh, Larry, the cable guy. So if, if he's got shows, there's a really good chance you're going to see me on that show. Come on out. A um, couple dates on the books for this fall is um, Tampa, Florida. More specifically, Wesley Chapel. I don't really know where that is, but it's it's in Tampa is what they've told me. I'm going to be at Side Splitters. Open up a new club there. I'm there September 23rd to 26th. Tickets are on sale now. You'll find all this up. Find all this, by the way, at nickhoff.com. October 8th through the 10th, I'm in Oklahoma City at Brickdown Comedy Club. Not 8th through the 10th, 8th and the 10th. I'm there. I think uh, John Lovitz is there the rest of the way. But come see me on the 8th and 10th of October down in OKC. And then October 17th, Tacoma Comedy Club. I got three shows there so for heaven's sakes get your tickets uh i don't want i don't want these shows to don't make me look like an idiot come on out and enjoy see what's new see how long the beard has become and we'll have some fun i hope to see you guys out there i hope you're all staying safe don't forget whatever you do to do doom bipping